The Chronicles of Vladimir Todd, Ninth Grade Slays, Chapter 2, The Hunger. Vlad squeezed his eyes shut. He was awake, but he wasn't incredibly happy about it. Weekends, even summer weekends, were meant for sleeping in. Especially when those weekends were spent hanging out super late under the full moon because your, your vampire genes won't let you go to bed before they've had their fill of nighttime. Even more so when you only had a matter of days before the joy of summer would be over and the dread of school would begin. A low buzzing sound drifted over his face, paused, then moved again toward his right ear. He popped open one eye and glared in disgust at the housefly that was hovering about the room. So that's what had woken him. The fly fluttered over and landed on the tip of Vlad's nose. He swatted it away, and when it took refuge on his pillow, he smacked his hand down to squash it, but missed. Vlad grumbled obscenities under his breath. What did the fly have against sleep anyway? Flapping its tiny wings, it buzzed across the room and landed directly on the center of Henry's forehead. After a moment of hesitation, Vlad crept over to Henry's sleeping bag. He raised his hand slowly, giving the fly one final chance to move. He whispered, don't think I won't do it. The fly responded by washing its gross little fly face. If it could have spoken, Vlad was almost positive it would have laughed at him. Vlad brought his hand down fast and hard. The slapping sound his palm made when it hit Henry's skin echoed throughout his bedroom, but was shortly covered by a yelp from Henry, who sat up, clutching his forehead. Dude! Vlad straightened his shoulders, triumph in battle. There was a fly. Henry rubbed his forehead, snarling in disgust. Well, did you at least kill it? Yeah, I think so. The fly buzzed past his ear and out the door. Vlad swore again, but was cut off by Henry. I smell bacon. But it wasn't the smell of bacon that called to Vlad. It was the promise of a steamy mug of O-positive and a gooey cinnamon roll Aunt Nellie's specialty. One big plus of living with Nellie, who was actually no relation to him at all, but his mother's best friend for years and years before his parents had passed on, was that she could bake cinnamon rolls so sweet and delicious that she had the determination and funding. She could easily give Cinnabon, Cinnabon a run for their money. Just stay away from her meatloaf. They raced out the door and down the stairs. By the time they reached the kitchen, they were panting and famished. Henry spotted the plate of crisp bacon on the table and grunted, Food! Vlad opened the freezer and grabbed a bag of blood. He plucked a coffee mug from the cupboard and nodded and nudged Henry out of the way as he headed for the microwave. Food! Aunt Nellie turned her from her spot at the stove and chuckled, I take it that means you boys are hungry? But neither Vlad nor Henry answered with any sound that could be classified as a yes or a no. Henry was too busy chewing on several slices of bacon at once, and Vlad had his head tilted back as he gulped down some warm O positive. It slid down his throat easily. It was always better warm, and when his thirst was quenched, he smacked his lips in satisfaction and reached for a cinnamon roll. Blood and frosting, the vampires answered a coffee and donuts. Deb mentioned that an entire freezer of blood is about to expire at the hospital. <clears throat> With your appetite, Lady Vlad. I'd better sneak out as much of it as I can. Nellie placed more bacon on the platter and sat a plate of eggs in front of Henry. She flashed Vlad a look of disapproval. You've got blood all over your shirt. Vlad looked down at the two dime-sized red circles on his shirt and smiled sheepish sheepishly. Sorry, I was really hungry. Nellie's gaze softened. Just be more careful next time. Contrary to popular belief, laundry doesn't top my list of favorite things to do. Henry swallowed and reached for the pitcher of orange juice. So did you get your schedule yet? 
Vlad nodded and sighed with an air of gloom and doom. I got Mrs. Bell for English first period. Henry offered Vlad a sympathetic glance. Looks like you're not alone. I've got her too. And from what my mom said yesterday, so does Joss. When your when's your cousin supposed to get here anyway? Vlad stuffed most of the gooey cinnamon roll into his mouth and chewed. The truth was he was kind of nervous about Henry's cousin moving to town. There was always a slight chance that Joss would interfere with his and Henry's time together, or worse, that he and Joss might not get along. Sunday. Oh, and just so you know, don't count on seeing me much that day. My mom's on some family togetherness kick. Henry rolled his eyes. Vlad followed suit. How annoying. Nellie flashed him an incredulous glance. Vladimir. Vlad took a sip of blood and raised an eyebrow at Henry. I mean, how lovely of your parents' parental figure to insist on enjoying quality time together. You should be grateful. Both boys broke into hysterical laughter. Nellie chuckled and shook her head. All right, smart mouth, I'm getting the mail. Henry watched Vlad while, Henry watched Vlad while I'm gone. He's a troublemaker. Vlad's jaw dropped in mock exasperation. Nellie. Nellie smiled sweetly. I mean, he's a wonderful boy who brightens my day and makes life worth living. After she slipped out the front door, Vlad eyed the wicked glimmer in Henry's eye suspiciously. What? Henry's grin broadened. Did you call Meredith yet? Vlad straightened his shoulders proudly. Twice, actually. Henry watched him for a moment, the surprise in his eyes quickly giving way to suspicion. You talked to her? Talk to her? Vlad hadn't figured out a way to remove the lump that had taken up residence in his throat ever since she'd leaned in for a kiss after the Freedom Fest dance, and he'd backed away, babbling like some kind of deranged lunatic. Talking to her was the least of his problems. First, he needed to figure out how to breathe whenever she was near. Vlad slowly stretched his hand out and picked up his mug, then took a long drink before returning it to the table. When he was finished, he met Henry's eyes and sighed. Nope, hung up both times. I think she heard me breathing once, though. That's progress, Henry sighed. You know she was, she has caller ID, right? Vlad's eyes grew wide. There it was again, that lump in his throat. She does? Henry answered with a tone of indifference. indifference. Yeah, but dude, check this out. He grinned wickedly and lowered his voice to a tone of conspiracy. Last night, Greg told me something interesting about the upperclassmen girls. Vlad leaned up against the counter and tried to act like he wasn't completely curious. Interesting, like how? Henry leaned closer. He says that if you can get invited to one of the senior parties, that some of those girls take pity on the lower classmen and they'll... Aunt Nellie walked into the kitchen. In one hand was a stack of envelopes, in the other was a small brown box. She glanced at their frozen, startled expressions and raised an eyebrow. What are you boys talking about? They answered in one wavering voice. Nothing. Vlad eyed the envelopes, hopefully. Anything from Otis? Nellie sighed and shook her head as she flipped through the stack. Honestly, Vladimir, your uncle has written to you at least once a week since the day he left Bathory. Do you really think he'd forget about you? She pulled a thick parchment envelope from the pile and held it out to him with a smile. Vlad sighed in relief. He'd only just met his uncle last year after a horrible misunderstanding. Vlad had no idea Otis was his uncle at the time, instead believing him to be a manacle substitute teacher out to expose Vlad's secret and quite possibly kill him. It was a simple mistake anyone could have made, made it. Instead, Otis had been protecting him from Diablo, the president of an Elysian council who was determined to find Vlad and punish him for the crime of existing. 
Apparently, vampires aren't really big on the idea of humans and vampires having kids together. Ever since Otis had left town in order to flee from Elysia and away from vampire kind, Vlad and Otis had exchanged many letters. In them, Otis had taught him how to read the vampiric language, otherwise known as Elysian Code, and had urged him to practice his telepathy daily. Vlad was grateful for all these things. Of course, Otis had also recently encouraged Vlad to work on controlling the minds of others. Vlad was intrigued. There was no doubt about that. But there was one aspect that Otis hadn't thought about. What if Vlad got caught? The ability to control the thoughts and actions of other people could hardly be blamed on your normal, everyday teenage hormones. Still, it might make algebra easier to pass. But rather than explain his fear of being discovered, Vlad had written his uncle several weeks ago and insisted that he was incapable of controlling the minds of others, hoping that Otis would accept it as a lost cause and move on to some of the stealthier abilities of the undead, like anamorphing, or maybe luring female, females with a glance. He tore open the envelope, and after squinting at Otis's crooked handwriting for a moment, it always took him some time to adjust his eyes, he read, Dear Vladimir, I hope this letter finds you well. To answer your most recent question, one, no, there has been no further word from Alicia concerning you or your father. However, you must remember that I am no longer privileged to information concerning the legal procedures of the Stockerton Council. All of my information is hearsay and therefore not completely reliable. Two, your aunt is right to be so overprotective and insist that you go nowhere alone. You may be a fearsome creature of the night, Vladimir, but you are also a teenager and, by definition, her ward. Beside, it is possible that Elysia may decide to exact vengeance for your murder of their president last year, despite the fact that it was self-defense. Three, I'm sorry about Vladimir, but the rumor that vampires are able to charm women with a leering gaze is utterly ridiculous and completely false. Have you tried simply asking Meredith if she likes you? In my experience, the direct approach works best. Calling a girl and breathing into the phone never got anyone a date. Whatever you decide, remember to be a gentleman. As promised, I am enclosing further instructions on how to best develop your telepathic skills. And it surprises me that you have had only minimal success with this trait, as you should be able to read the minds of anyone you wish. But we must both remember that you are the first of your kind. Vladimir, and things will likely be different for you. When vampires are made, there is a natural order to their skill development. But you, you were born as, and as such, we cannot be certain which traits you will inherit from your father's and vampire nature and which you will not due to your mother's human DNA. We must deal with each of these skills as it presents itself. Follow the enclosed instructions and practice, practice, practice. However, as your former teacher, I must insist that you refrain from using your telepathy as a means to better grades. And yes, I'll know. Trust me. As for the issues you seem to be having with mind control, give me time to compose some helpful tips. Regarding this skill, together we'll find a way to make this possible. Your father was quite adept at doing this. I confess that it surprises me that you may not be. But please know that I am not disappointed in the least. You are always in my thoughts, Vlad. Please take care of yourself. Be mindful of your surroundings and please continue to study Elysian Code. I know the vampire language is challenging to read, but it is important that you memorize the Commendium of Consentia. 
according to the phrase coined by the notable human philosopher George Santayana, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Next week I will be in London. The address where I can be reached is enclosed. I will write as often as I am able to. Please give my warm regards to Nellie. Yours in eternity, Otis. Vlad ran his fingers over Otis's closing. Yours in eternity. It was the same closing his dad had used in every note, every book, every birthday card he'd ever given to Vlad. Vlad felt the looming shadow of grief sweep over him again. The death of a loved one is funny like that. It doesn't matter how much you grieve or how much time has passed. The littlest reminder of the person who died, a scent, an object, a word can send you back to the moment you lost them and before you can blink, you are overcome by the aching sadness you worked so hard to leave behind. It was pretty disheartening to learn that dueling to the death last year against Diablo might set vampire society on its heels despite the fact that Diablo had started the whole mess in the first place and Vlad had only blown a hole through him with the Lucius to avoid having Diablo rip one through him with his bare hands. But Vlad could deal with that. After all, thanks to Otis, Elysia uh, thought Vlad was human, not half vampire. Of course, Otis had said that what Vlad Otis had said that with what Vlad possessing with the Lucius, the most dangerous weapon against vampire kind, Elysia was pretty anxious to agree that he was human. To deny the notion that he was even remotely capable of hurting them, giving them little reason to chase after Vlad. It was frustrating to learn that his uncle had absolutely no sensible advice regarding Vlad's current situation with the girl he liked. He thought about asking Nellie for her input, but the last thing he needed was a two-hour conversation about when Nellie was a teenager. Vlad sighed. It was hopeless. How was he ever going to explain to Meredith that he had no idea why he hadn't kissed her after Freedom Fest dance last year and that the only reason he'd, he hadn't returned her calls over the summer was that she would ask him to explain his inaction and he couldn't? How was he supposed to explain something to her that even he didn't understand. What did he say? Henry peered over Vlad's shoulder at the parchment. Vlad folded the letter and shoved it back in the envelope, then withdrew the instructions. He says to tell Nellie hi and that he's enclosed some tips on telepathy. Nellie smiled warmly and blushed, then glanced at her watch and sighed. She shook her head and reached for her purse. On her way out the door, she called behind her. I'm late. I was supposed to take Deb's shift at the hospital this afternoon. Can you boys fend for dinner? The door closed before... They could answer. Henry nodded towards Otis's instructions. You want to try something out? I've been doing, dying to know if Melissa Hart likes me. Vlad folded the notes up and slipped them in his back jeans pocket. I want to study the notes first for a few days. Maybe we'll try something this weekend. Henry groaned. Come on, I'm busy this weekend. Joss, remember? I want to read them first. So read them. Then we can head over to the mall in Stockerton. Melissa is doing that end of summer slash fall fashion show they do every year and you... Henry, I said no. Vlad's eyes were fixed on Henry. His tone was stern. Henry nodded slowly and reached for his orange juice. Drudge or not, Vlad hated giving Henry direct orders, and he only did it if Henry was being too pushy about something Vlad didn't feel like doing or discussing, or if Vlad really wanted a Pepsi, but he really didn't feel like going into the kitchen to get one. Other than that, their vampire-slash-vampires-human-slave relationship was working out pretty well. It was astounding how well Henry had taken the news that with one bite he'd become Vlad's drudge. 
But then, maybe Henry had only taken it so well because Vlad had told him to. The thought made Vlad shiver. He didn't like the idea of controlling Henry's actions. Truthfully, it creeped him out a little. But sometimes Henry could be so pushy. Vlad flipped over the box and, spying his name on the label, proceeded to pop the flaps open. His lips spread into a grin and he looked at Henry. You want to play Race to Armageddon too? Henry gasped at the box in Vlad's hands. No way! Vlad flipped the game over and looked at the screenshots. They say it's twice the action, three times the gore. Exchanging the manacle grins, they bolted for the living room. Two hours, a bag of Doritos, seven Pepsis, and four bags of blood later, Vlad and Henry sat their controllers down and stretched. Henry's eyes were wide with awed disgust. That's so gross. I love it. No doubt it's so cool that the androids can fly now. Vlad drained his Pepsi and sat the empty can on the coffee table. His stomach rumbled. Henry furrowed his brow. What's with the alien king having six heads? That's new. He's going to be tough to beat this time. They really added a lot of blood. Speaking of which, Vlad retrieved another bag of blood from the refrigerator. As he was walking back into the living room, he let his fangs elongate. His hunger was pulsing beneath them. He bit through the bag and drained it, then let out a burp and wiped his, the excess from the corners of his mouth. Henry chuckled. Pig? Vlad sneered. Excuse me? Henry bit his lip thoughtfully for a moment. His tone became careful and serious. Do you think you'll ever start feeding on people? Vlad shook his head. No way, not in a million years. He eyed Henry for a moment with his peripheral vision before facing him. You actually think I'd do that? Well, you did bite me when we were eight. Vlad flashed Henry an incredulous look. Dude, we were eight. Besides, you told me to. Henry pretended not to hear him. And just now, before you bit into that bag, your eyes changed that weird iridescent purple the way they do when you touch a glyph. Henry nodded to the strange symbol on the corner of the encyclop Encyclopedia Vampirica and shrugged. I'm just saying it's possible. I mean, what if the bags and snacks packs aren't enough anymore? Vlad shook his head and pressed his lips tightly together, tracing the glyph-like tattoo on the inside of his left wrist lightly. There was a long moment of silence before he spoke. If they were good enough for my dad to live on, they're good enough for me. Besides, the day I start feeding on people is the day I start beating you at video games. Henry laughed and picked up, picked up the controller. So you're saying it'll never happen.